Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth with each other, and with a divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. I'm John Marty, a state senator in Minnesota for the last 30 years, been to Holden a number of times. I'm one who works on public policies that try and serve the entire community, especially vulnerable populations, people who are homeless, those without health care, workers who are struggling to pay the bills, and I believe we can build a more peaceful and just society that protects the environment and leaves the world a better place for future generations. One of my talks at Holden this year was designed to address um, the idea that we've lost our vision as a society. We really don't think we can accomplish things. We have some people who don't have any interest in that. They like society just the way it is, or they just want society to step aside so they can make more money or whatever. But most people, most Americans, really would like to see a better future for not just themselves economically, but one in which they and their family and others in the community can do better. The kids can get a better education than the they did. They have a secure job that pays the bills, a chance to once in a while take an occasional vacation, um, that they have a pension for their retirement, just some basic needs, and they want a clean environment. Most people really desire that, and most people are frustrated at the way our government works, how unresponsive it is, and how we have a government that seems to fail to tackle the problems. So I've been trying to get across the idea that one of the things that we could do to change it, instead of trying to change the politicians and the political parties and others that you don't like, Try and change what we're for, not just saying, well, we'd like everybody to have health care. That's a prime example. We'd like for everybody to have health care, but, you know, we can't get there. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy to say we're not going to accomplish it. And I'd say too much of our civic engagement, too much of our public life, too much of our politics has gotten to the point now where we can't really solve that problem. We're not going to ever get there. Well, it's a great thought, but we can't. And so when we tackle a specific problem, you got to start with a vision. There are 30, 40 other countries around the planet that provide health care to everybody. Every member of their society has health care. They don't have people going bankrupt from health care like our society. They don't have people who die because they can't afford to go to the doctor. Surely that happens in plenty of third world countries. But wealthy industrialized countries, the European countries... Canada, Japan, the prosperous countries of the planet, all of them except the United States have universal health care. And yet when our political system tries to respond, whichever party, even the ones that want to do something about it, 
don't feel they can get there. Barack Obama, when he got elected, he said he thought health care should be a right, something everybody deserves. He told articulately the story of his mother dying prematurely from cancer. But when he's president of the United States and has the chance to do something, well, we can't really get a universal health care system. So we'll push for something that we think is better than it is, than what we've got now. Marginally better, and you've got to compromise this and compromise that. And somehow along the way, the concept that we're going to provide health care to everyone just went out the window. The rhetoric was still there, but never really a commitment to make it happen. And if we take the time to say, here's what we're for, not just cheap political rhetoric to supporters to win people over, but say, here's how we ought to do it. And I made a pitch, one of my talks at Holden is about universal health care proposal that we have in Minnesota cover all Minnesotans for all their medical needs, including things like dental care, which is so often left out, prescription drugs, long-term care in nursing homes, mental health and chemical dependency treatment, things that get left off to the side. And we would set up a system based on the number of principles. Every person gets to pick who their doctor, who their health care providers are. It's not told to them by government, not told to them by insurance companies, not told to them by employers. They decide, and they and their doctors are the ones that make the medical decisions. Not Again, not government or insurers or somebody else telling them what kind of care they get. We set out nine or ten principles and said, a good health care system ought to accomplish these. And just because no state in the United States or the federal government is unable and unwilling to do it, doesn't mean that excuses us from saying, well, we can't do it. Again, as I said, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's very defeatist. And so one of the pitches I'm trying to make is that if we want to build a better future, have the vision to do so. The people in our society now, we might call them progressives, people who believe in human progress, who can move forward, who can build an economy that works for people and so on. I like to suggest that if a lot of the progressives of today, the politicians particularly, but a lot of the activists and so on who would consider themselves progressives, if we were in charge in earlier eras, if we were in charge during the abolition campaign in the 1850s, we'd become so timid that I think what we'd end up with is we'd still have slavery, but we'd have limited the slaves to working 40-hour work weeks. We'd be proud of the progress we'd made, but forget we still have this ugly thing called slavery. We've gotten so disheartened, so defeatist that we don't believe we can do it. If you look back to the Social Security days, that was during the Great Depression. If we were in charge then, I kind of get the sense that people would say, well, yeah, we got to take care of these seniors. We'd love the slogan, Social Security. We'd campaign hard for it. We'd say, you know, we're in the middle of a depression, though. We can't really afford to take care of people. Why don't we try a pilot project and pick a few few hundred people in each state and we'll give them Social Security, see how that works. But the people in the 1930s, people in the 1850s with abolition, people in the 1930s with Social Security, they had a bigger vision. And it wasn't lip service. It was really trying to do it. And my pitch is if we want to build a better future for the next generation if we want to protect the environment, if we want to deliver universal health care, if we want to have an economy that works for everyone, economic justice, if we want that, the first thing we have to do is not change the other folks,
but it's to change who we are and what we stand for. Spell out our vision, not an idle rhetoric, but spell out a plan, a strategy, and what we do, and push for that. Like, take a number of compromises and steps along the way, but never giving up on that vision. You pass something that's a partial step, and you keep saying, but we've got to get to here, and we're going to keep fighting, and here's the next step. That's one of the things I think our society has been sorely lacking, so I'm really pleased to be able to talk at Holden about the idea of recreating that vision for our society. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.